Yes, right. Welcome back to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Thursday afternoon. And since it's Thursday, you know it. Time for a bit of chinwag with Sadia Osmani. Sadia, great to see you. How are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. Good afternoon to you. It's nice to be in a new studio today. Yes, absolutely. If I can turn your mic on All right. properly. <laughs> All right. <so> nice. <laughs> it got switched. We're but just getting used to it. Exactly. Just getting used to it. Nice to see you. Um, what do you make of this whole studio? How oh, would you describe lovely. it to our listeners? Well, if I was going to describe it, certainly one is that we don't have a window. It's very <laughs> high tech, very um, cool. There's a lovely RTHK logo in front of me. We have a large screen in front of us with the 123 Show logo on it, which is a lovely screen which can be adapted. Exactly. With a very and old ev- picture of me. Looks yeah, nothing we're, like we're me We're looking now. very, very glamorous <laughs> there. And it's all spanking blue, uh, spanking new, and it looks beautiful and it's really nice. Yeah, it's, it's very nice. so nice. I've uploaded a picture on Facebook uh, this afternoon, Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3, uh, if you'd like to check it out. then And then do so. David says, congratulations in being in the new studio. Um, Eunice says, presenter and studio both looking fab. Thank you so much, Eunice. And Betty says, nice, with a big thumbs up. Mm. It is. It is. It's quite cool. It's kind of like Starship Enterprise type thing, isn't it? I I know. I know. I know our listeners can't really see it. But if you go on Facebook, you'll be able to to see a picture of it. You don't understand. We we were still sort of using quite retro. I I think I'm going to put the old old studio picture. If you've got a photograph of it, that'd be good. Because that was very 1960s. And also there was like... It was very 1960s. When you kind of sat there, you saw lots of stickers that people... People put on the desk. Everyone who visited stuck their sticker on the desk, and I'm sure somewhere maybe that's been kept just for you know, just to keep it as a as a sort of memorabilia for, for the last studio, <laughs> like but, a museum of some sort. That's right. That so, what have you got for us for this week's chin okay. mag? Well, I decided to talk about humour because I suppose humour is something that I value an awful lot, um, and and I was really looking at humour because I saw a couple of articles. Some of them are a little bit older, and some of them are recent ones but the but the link to humor and health and relationships and also how children what you what you can judge about children from the sense of humor that they have so for instance to start off with um they're saying like there was some research which was done in august 21 and this is in australia and new zealand it was in the journal of public health and it was basically saying that human humor interventions could be effective to influence people's behavior around things to to do with health, that sometimes, you know, what happened is that research was conducted by a Scottish comedian, and she's also a women's health physiotherapist, Elaine Miller. And she uses like comedy to address quite taboo subjects on stage. So things like incontinence, for instance, right? Because she kind of says that, well, people may have it, but they don't actually seek help. So there is a real gap there and that people really need to go out and help get help. And uh, she sort of looked at sort of 13 studies over the past 10 years. And from that, it meant that humor could be used to communicate like really quite serious messages covering topics like, say, mental health, breast and testicular cancer, self-examinations, safe sex, skin cancer and binge drinking. That if you kind of used it in a humorous way, people would actually listen to it. Um, and then also, I think what happens is that there's a real fear that people have about these subjects. And so they're not really keen on discussing them. But, you know, and humor then becomes a little bit of a buffer. I mean, I suppose we all sort of use humor like that. Sometimes when we're a bit sarky or something, 
we we kind of mean what we say and we use humor to express that sometimes you know you can pass messages on to people about how you feel about something and then you use humor um but sometimes you've got to be careful because obviously a poorly judged joke can really um you know perhaps if you're looking at a health campaign, could really ruin a health campaign. There's a time and a place That's right. for, for humour. But yeah, I, I agree. I think humour is sometimes a good way to diffuse situations or perhaps get your point across. Mm. But yeah, it, it depends on the circumstances, the person you're talking to yeah. and, and, the, and, and the situation. Um, do you believe that no topic is sort of off limits? Um, there are some people who say there's a hard no for humour uh, for things like racism, for example. Um, although Although you'll see a lot of um, stand-up uh, comedians, yeah. um, I think like Trevor Noah. It depends on you who know, is doing Russell it. Peters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's a matter of who does it. So, for instance, if you're talking about say things like disability or race, um, if you are the person who has that, you can actually or has the experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. has experience, yeah. or you are yourself. Like, so for instance, you know, I could quite happily do ethnic minority jokes, <laughs> and, and nobody could think that. Oh, you know. No, she's going. I'm not offended by those. Uh, you know, if it's done in a way which is actually showing somebody that actually, you know, this is a problem and we need to handle it, and this is how I may feel about it. So, you know, it is it is something that can be used. I think the study actually highlighted that there's lots of certainly in the health side that you can learn from commercial advertising and public safety campaigns, and they said that what happens is that they attract attention because you're using humor and then they promote the memory and positive attitude towards the advert and you tend to get a clear kind of brand and a message through and then what happens is that people see that and they talk about it and pass it on to others therefore raising awareness so and now obviously if, if you saw a funny campaign about something whether it's kind of breast cancer or, or whatever or testicular cancer and then you thought there's a funny picture here it's telling you that actually you know you've got to do this to be careful or whatever you could take a picture of it and before you know it that's passed around through social media mm. and quite a few people then out of say you know, 50% of the people who see that, maybe at least even 20 to 30% maybe think, oh, right, okay, there's something I should think about. Yeah. Maybe there's some a message here or whatever. You know, these are just figures off my head, which I'm just thinking that, yes, that could be a possibility. So, so that was on one side. So that whole health issue was one side where humour was concerned. And the other thing that I saw quite a few articles about too is about relationships. Like, you know, if you've got a partner and they says success in relationships, is it's tied not to joking but a, a shared sense of humor and this is like research that comes from the university of kansas and somebody a guy called jeffrey hall who's from there he's a professor of communication studies and he surveyed 39 studies involving 15,000 participants on the importance of humor in relationships and there's a thing called like relationship satisfaction and that's the humor that couples create together so, you know, you may laugh together with your partner and you may understand what they're laughing about. And sometimes it might be things like you might enjoy the same sense of humor, like you might have a dry sense of humor and you share that with your with your partner. So those things that you kind of share with them, that becomes like humor in a romantic. He, he wrote a book, I think it was an article in uh, Humor in Romantic Relationships, a meta analysis. And he looked at 30 years worth of studies on the topic, concluding that 
playfulness between romantic partners is a cr- crucial component in bonding and establishing relation, re- relational security. And that laughter, particularly shared laughter, is an important indicator of romantic attraction between potential mates. So do you reckon, like, you know, from your experience, do you laugh a lot with your husband? Do you share jokes? I'm definitely the funny one. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I would say Me so. Me too, Noreen. <laughs> Look at us laughing at our own jokes. They'd, they'd say they're the funny one. Oh. Um, I have yet to, to, to meet um, a couple that, that are both unfunny. Usually you've got two yeah. people who really have a good sense of humour together and then or you get one who's quite funny and the other one sort of, you know, enjoys the banter. But I've not really met a couple where both are yeah, sort I of think... dull or unfunny. Yeah. That, that would just be... Or both are too funny. And they're just ah. competing against each oh, other. Yeah. Oh, that, that could be happening. That... It's funny because, you know... But I'm funny. sure they exist. I'm sure no, there no, no, are no, just dull couples. Oh, well, I shouldn't say dull couples. I'm yeah. sure there are couples who just don't enjoy... Like not 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 enjoy laughing, but who just not that humorous. Yeah. I'm sure that. But it but might be in siblings. Uh, you know, when you're thinking of romantic couples, that's something I would say. For instance, I have an example quite clearly. Um, my brother and myself both have a, a good sense of humor, and if you put us together in a in a gathering, you know, in an oh, event competition. Or, you know, oh, yeah. Then it's like it's one, like one exactly. So so we're kind of it's a battle of wits. You know, we're constantly sort of saying. Mm, yeah, and then sometimes, like you know, he might echo something I've said, or you know, I don't tend to do that actually. <laughs> but I think you know the other thing that was mentioned in this is says this this guy Jeffrey Hall cautions that you know research warns that a mate, um, you know, you've got to make sure that you're not kind of using your partner as a butt of a joke. So now that. It could be quite sensitive because then that would cause... And it's not fun for the other... But I mean, who's that fun for? It might be fun for the person who, who jokes, but yeah. then if the person is the butt Especially of the joke... Especially in front of people. And you know. it makes other people uncomfortable as That's well. That's right. So yeah. you've got to be careful. Oh. And obviously, aggressive sense of humour, that's a bad sign of a relationship in general, that if yeah. somebody's going to say something in a bit of a sarcastic, uh, aggressive, aggressive way, they're kind of hitting yeah. out on you in a way. So that's, that doesn't... No, that's not no, good. That's not funny. So it's good to have humour. It's better to see it in your partner partner and it's best to share it. It's not about being a great comedian, but finding what's funny in the everyday and enjoying it together. Yeah. Right. So so then I moved on to, to look at, I saw this study, which is actually only from October the 4th in 2021. And it said that humour was linked to higher intelligence levels in school children. And uh, supposedly children with higher levels of general edu- general knowledge and verbal reasoning are better able to produce humour. And this was uh, research that was carried out on Turkish sc- uh, sc- school children, right? And it said there's a link between humour and intelligence and it appears sort of much stronger in children than it does in adults, which is quite interesting, right? They said 200 children produce captions for 10 newly drawn cartoons and then seven experts then related the funniness of the captions and their relevance to the cartoons with a total of like 30,380 ratings. Um, so when the intelligence and human uh, humour performance of these children was compared, the researchers found that the general intelligence was higher correlated with humour. Which obviously, I suppose that makes sense because, you know, humour is quite a, a sort of intelligent thing in that 
you have to see two things and think, oh, what's the funny side of this? Not everyone can sort of perceive things like that. And they said intelligence explained that 68% of the difference in humor ability, and in particular in children with higher general knowledge and higher verbal reasoning, were found to have a higher humor ability. Um, and then they, and they and which is clear another thing that's quite clear is that both humor intelligence are shaped by cultural norms beliefs and values a joke considered hilarious in one culture may not be funny in another and likewise a particular behavior may be considered a sign of high intelligence in one culture but other cultures may find such behavior inappropriate um, so it's quite interesting I suppose the whole cultural thing you know some things you can joke about in certain cultures Others, people might be offended if you're, you know, mm. having a laugh about this. And it's just quite interesting to see how humour is being developed in children. I mean, uh, or we think back to ourselves, or if you have children, you think back to when a one-year-old might find a banana mm. uh, dropping yeah, on the floor funny. funny. Things, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And that's sort of the, you see that consciousness, that humour being developed. Yeah. I'll yeah. never forget my daughter, um, uh, my, my eldest, uh, uh, Guppy, when... When I told her she was having her breakfast, and I said, um, "Can you finish your oatmeal? It's going to get cold." And she looked at me, and 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 she sang, "The cold never bothered me anyway." Oh my goodness! <laughs> From Frozen, and she kind of was watching my reaction. I laughed, and oh, yeah. so she started laughing. Wow. But it was really. And how old was she then? She was three. Wow. Um, and it was so funny that she connected yeah, the yeah, two, yeah. and she used it to. That's the only time she joked with me. <laughs> But that it's was, just quite funny how they... That was noted in the diary. Yeah. <laughs> the one and the only time since wow. then. She doesn't laugh anymore. No, no. But children, children can... I mean, children pick up on these things. Um, they said that... What was it? Um, yeah, while humour is frequently used for... Entertain, like, say for, for, for adults, humour is used for sort of entertainment, right? Yeah. While children use it mainly for peer acceptance... Oh, yeah, so they, they might think they're like, oh, yeah, you know. So they might do that, and then I suppose when they're watching films and things like that, to be one of the crowd, if you're kind of laughing, if somebody's laughing at something, whether they find it f funny or not, you laugh. And I suppose something sometimes that happens with adults when adults somebody do that too. Yeah, you know, you're, at, at, you're at a party a and somebody yeah. tells a joke, and then you all kind of look at each other and you, oh yes, oh, but you didn't get what they were saying, like you know, because it is, it is. A matter of like you know you just do it because you think okay it's it's I, i'd be thick if i didn't understand that one so so i'm gonna laugh because it just means that i understand it and i'm highly intelligent and i know what they're talking about yeah. but it's interesting how it works with children though i'm just googling you know at what age do children well do people develop a, a sense of humor and mm. and they sort of said um developing imagination is important for children to develop sense of humor but you know sometime between nine to 15 months Oh, um, wow. They already well, yeah. So if if a mum puts a nappy on the head, they'll yeah. know that it's not it's supposed funny. to go on the head, and it, yeah. and it's a funny yeah. thing. I think yeah. kids actually do have a sense. I, th I think it's like when you show little babies, you know, you do peekaboo and things like that, and and they laugh and they giggle every time you do it, and they do find it funny that this thing suddenly disappears, and then they're looking for it, and it suddenly appears. So I think like you know, it's amazing how how small kids have to be to be actually find things funny and they do but i suppose there's a there's a fine line between them finding something funny and then 
being horrified by something, I suppose. Because sometimes I, I do recall when my kids were young that I think we had a we had a Halloween mask or something, which wasn't scary. But, you know, the moment we put it on, it was quite funny, but the moment we put it's it funny on... Funny for you, they're probably uh, terrified. <laughs> was it Frankenstein? my kids. Like, and, um, and they just were horrified by it. Yeah. And they were just constantly looking to see that, oh, that mask is not here, and oh, they use it. If, if they no. found it in a cupboard, they just went, oh. So it was quite funny at the time, but we shouldn't have laughed at that. But, you know, who knows yeah. what kind of effect that had. It, well, absolutely. Sometimes the adults all find it funny, and children don't yeah. find it funny. What do you so, do? So, so I think you know. I think the sense of humour. I've always found. Um, I I have. I, I do have a sense of humour, but I find that it's kind of used very much. I use it very much sometimes just to lighten the atmosphere, or you know when you're meeting new people and things like that. Um, especially, I suppose I've kind of used it a lot. You know, when I'm with my in-laws, when I thought, okay, I've got to tread carefully here or whatever. So you tend to sort of use your humour to get by and to just it's a survival it's a survival mechanism too sometimes mm. that you lighten the mood with your humor mm. um as long as you're careful about it it's okay as long as you're not kind of hurting anyone's feelings things like that but it's amazing just what a big part it plays and i do think what we said earlier on about the whole health issue that people don't want to look at really serious subjects they want to be able to look at these things and think okay if I just kind of am more light about it, then I don't need to. And and there's less anxiety, I'm sure. It makes you happy. I mean, the whole thing about laughing, uh, you know, or smiling, it, it probably uh, it opens up your muscles in your face. It makes you relaxed. It lets go of some of the anxiety that you have. So there's a lot more. Next week, I'll talk about happiness, actually. So. And they often say laughter is the best medicine. Mm. And mm. perhaps it's, yeah, that's right. We, we had a laughing yoga coach one yes, time. Yes, yes. Yeah, he couldn't, he wouldn't stop laughing, would he? Yeah, well, it was she for, for, <laughs> she, it, was, yeah, it was she for us. Yes, it was, yeah, go, go, go yes, uh, is her name. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I remember she was on the show yeah, once with very me too. funny. Right, well, Sadia, thank you so much for, for sharing the human, sharing the laughter. I'm sure our listeners uh, will agree that sometimes humour is what's uh, needed the most. Thank you so much for your thank time. You. This afternoon.